I'm starting off. So I'm Andrew Mills, and uh, thanks for uh, uh, joining us today for the service from here to there, the gifts of wandering through the wilderness. I want to especially thank our volunteers today, Ruth, Jeff, Gloria, and Karen Belita. The Unitarian Church of Edmonton gathers with gratitude on Treaty 6 land. A treaty is an inheritance, a responsibility, and a relationship. May we be good neighbors to one another, good stewards to our planet, and good ancestors to all of our children. You're welcome here. Our, computer, our community is open to everyone without regard to race, gender, sexual orientation, age, or income. Let's start our service. Welcome, I am Leanne Washington and I'm blessed to be the minister serving the Unitarian Church of Edmonton during the interim between settled ministers. It is my joy to be walking with this congregation as it takes time to journey inward and to reflect on what makes UCE such a special place for so many. By looking inward with a new perspective, we are apt to find gifts and treasures that we had forgotten or simply overlooked. We do this work together and all are welcome. Our first, uh, our first music is Come Come Whoever You Are. And you can sing along if you're muted. This is one that you know. Come, come, whoever you are, wonder, worshiper, lover, Ours is no caravan of despair. Come, get come. Come, come, whoever you are. Wonder, worship, mother of the evening. Ours is no caravan of despair. Come, get come. Come.
We light this chalice in honor of first steps, for beginning even when the path ahead is unclear, for the courage it takes to trust in the fact that the way will reveal itself, that light will come, and that we will have friends by our side. Though your mics are off, please feel free to join in singing, Lean On Me.
Though each of us is on our own unique spiritual journey, it doesn't mean that we have to be alone. Shared experience lessens the pain and magnifies the joy of life. It is through relationship with others that we are able to see ourselves more clearly. Please join me in a litany written by Tess Baumberger, which reminds us that we are not alone in our journey. When I pause, please respond with the words, we travel this road together. From the busyness of every day, we gather once a week to remember who we are, to dream of who we might become. We travel this road together. As companions on this journey, we share the milestones we meet along the way. Individual moments of joy and sorrow become shared moments of comfort and celebration. We travel this road together. We share this journey across differences of belief and opinion because we value diversity and because we care for one another. We travel this road together. Today, as we take the next steps, let us notice our fellow travelers, the burdens that they carry, the songs that inspire their hearts, the gifts they share with us. We travel this road together. And beloved community, let us open the holy havens of our hearts. Let us share the sacred places of our souls, for we are pilgrims who share a common path. We travel this road together. <clears throat> An important part of our community is sharing the joys and concerns of our lives. If you have a personally significant joy or concern, please type it into the chat window where we will be able to see it. Or you may also send your cares and concerns to candles at uce.ca. As you share your joys and concerns, please enjoy this moment of musical meditation. Prelude one in C major written by Johann Sebastian Bach as played by Tzvi Erez. Sorry, 
In the interim ministry training I had in August, this time between settled ministers was likened to the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. Before we explore that, I'd like to light one final candle for all the joys and sorrows that remain in the sanctuary of our hearts and for those people who have not yet found a spiritual home where they can share their joys and sorrows. Now let's talk about this wandering, okay? I know for some of you, um, using biblical stories as a touchstone is not something that you do very often. But when I was in the interim ministry training with a lot of other UU ministers, that was the metaphor that they chose. So I share it with you. The wandering in the wilderness is a story of how the Israelite nation escaped what had become their captivity in Egypt. It's the story that you may know as the Passover story told by Jews every year. Those of a certain age, <clears throat> will remember that this story was made famous by the epic cinematic retelling in the movie The Ten Commandments starring Charlton Heston. An important part of that story is that after leaving Israel, uh, Egypt, the Israelites are said to have wandered in the wilderness for 40 years before they entered into their promised land, which was their original ancestral home in Canaan. It's obvious from a quick look at a map that had the Israelites taken a straight path, it would have taken them a matter of a few months rather than decades to get from Egypt to Canaan. So there are a couple of things to remember about this story. It, like most stories in the Bible, are not meant to be factual historic accounts. There may be some factual basis, but the story isn't being told for the facts so much as for the experience of and lessons learned by the characters in the stories, regardless of their accuracy. Additionally, over the millennia, we have lost our understanding of the idioms of the biblical era. Scholars now believe that the numerous references to 40 in the Bible is an idiomatic way of saying a long time, or over more than one period of time, rather than an attempt to count the actual number of days of the flood, 40 days and 40 nights, or the number of years, 40, that the Israelites wandered in the wilderness. So let's hold some aspects of this story very lightly. So what can we learn from this story that applies to UCE in this interim period? Well, for the Israelites, their wandering gave them time to let go of the predictability that life in Egypt provided them and to embrace the uncertainty of their transitional journey. During their wandering, the Israelites remembered their pre-Egyptian history. They organized themselves according to the original 12 tribes of Israel. They embraced their own code of conduct and entered into a new covenant. They practiced living into their best expression of their highest values. And eventually, they were united by a common mission, 
not just the desire to leave Egypt and control their own destiny, but a mature commitment to creating a just and compassionate nation. For those who are familiar with this story, it is a powerful metaphor for the work that we will be doing together during this interim time. Because unlike other traditions involving spiritual journeys of self-discovery, like the Australian Aboriginals walkabout or the Native Americans vision quest, it is a journey of self-discovery involving a large group of people who are involved in communal self-discovery and communal identity making. So similarly, we will begin by exploring this congregation's history from its beginning through to recent events. We will engage in storytelling and deep listening. As we listen to each other tell the stories of our experiences here at the Unitarian Church of Edmonton, we will take note of those events that have left their imprints on the congregation. As time moves on, you and I will also begin evaluating the congregation's strengths and weaknesses. I will ask you what aspects of congregational life are strong and healthy. I will also ask you what aspects of congregational life could be improved and how might such improvement look. And in the doing of all that introspection and self-reflection, we will celebrate what makes the Unitarian Church of Edmonton the special place that it is. We will also identify areas of congregational life that we would like to strengthen and make more open. We will work together to deepen our understanding of what it means to be a supportive, active, and welcoming congregation of people with diverse philosophies and theologies. Like the Israelites did as they wandered, we will also take stock of what resources the congregation has and whether the organizational structures that are in place are still serving the congregation well. <clears throat> Much of which will remain the same and continue to be cherished from generation to generation. Some things, however, are likely to be seen differently and will be in need of re-examination. I am here to facilitate this congregational self-reflection and re-examination. While the journey is expected to lead to a successful search for your next settled minister, the twists and turns, the moments of movement and rest, the ups and downs are all determined by you as a congregation. I do not have a predetermined path for you to take or a predetermined outcome for our time together. I do have a recently acquired toolbox full of useful tools that we can employ as we engage in this examination of your congregational history, your leadership structure and organization, your congregational mission, your connections with each other and the greater community, and your vision for the future. A future that will be determined in large part by your commitment to sharing your gifts and talents with us here at the Unitarian Church of Edmonton. You are our congregation's greatest resource. Sharing your time, talent, and treasure, your lived experience and expertise with us is essential to congregation's long-term success. Now, gifts come in many different packages. For instance, maybe you've never thought of your knack with numbers, your way with children, your patience, your organizational skills, your listening skills, 
or even your optimism as gifts that are valued by your spiritual community, but they most certainly are. Some of these resources of which I speak have been identified by religious leaders and philosophers. They've been identified as spiritual gifts, virtues, or perhaps enlightened traits. As I share these with you, take note, like on a piece of paper, grab a pen and a piece of paper and listen. And as you hear something that you know you yourself have as a spiritual gift, write it down, please, as a reminder. Now, what I'm going to share with you is a rather exhaustive traditional list. But when you think of today's world, you might well add things like computer savvy, social media adept, and such things as that. This list that I'm going to share with you was compiled for a small group spiritual exercise, which I hope to do with you sometime during our time together. For today, however, I just want you to know that we all have some of these. No one has all of these. And we are stronger for sharing them. Also, what gifts we have at any given point and what gifts we are able to contribute depend in large part on where we are in the seasons of life. So here goes. Aristotle had 12 virtues. Courage, temperance, meaning self-control and restraint, liberality, which he meant by which he meant charity and generosity, magnificence, meaning radiance or joie de vivre, pride, meaning self-satisfaction in a healthy way, honor, meaning giving respect and reverence to others, good temper friendliness, truthfulness, wit, meaning sense of humor, friendship, and justice. That's quite a list. Now, Buddhism has six transcendent perfections. Generosity, by which they mean giving without expecting anything in return discipline, patience, exertion, meaning you work hard because you delight in the path, meditation, and wisdom. Now there's a much longer list that has been compiled from the Christian scripture some of which is reflective of Aristotle and Buddhism, some of which is rather more pragmatic, and you'll see what I mean when I read the list. So here are some of those spiritual gifts. Administration, meaning you're a good organizer. Apostleship, by which they mean a person who invites others in. Compassion, discernment, meaning deep intuition and insight, evangelicism, by which they mean sharing one's faith or understanding of the meaning of life, exhortation, meaning encouragement and good counsel, faith, giving, healing, 
helping, interpretation of foreign languages, knowledge, meaning converting data to useful information, leadership, miracles, by which is meant seeing and sharing a perception of the divine presence. Prophecy, meaning speaking truth to power. Servanthood, meaning doing for others. Shepherding, which we would understand today as mentoring and providing spiritual guidance. Teaching, speaking foreign language, and wisdom. So that's quite a list. Again, those are the traditional values that don't really reflect a lot of our modern experience, but I think that they are in many ways timeless and applicable to our experience today. So with the fresh perspective that changed circumstances provide, I invite you to consider what gifts you have to offer to enhance our congregational life. So right now, I invite you to list at least one and hopefully more of these gifts that you bring openly and generously to congregational life. Now, please don't be shy. Leanne, I believe you meant to have people enter them into the chat? Yes. Okay, yes. Was that not clear? I do. I mean, please take this moment and enter a few that you heard that resonate with you and place them in the chat. Now, I'm eager to get to know all of you and your spiritual gifts, and this is a way to begin. By necessity, I am beginning with getting to know the staff, the board of trustees, and committee chairs. I'm currently in the middle of one-to-one -one meetings with them, and I look, to get, I look forward to getting to know them personally, as well as their take on the health of the congregation. Before too long, you all will be invited to join me in small group cottage meetings of between eight and 10 people, where we will get to know each other better and you will have a chance to share what you think about recent events in the life of the congregation. Rest assured that there will be plenty of opportunities throughout our time together for you to express your experience and assessment of the health of the congregation. And I am always just an email, Zoom, or phone call away. We have set up the local minister's line at the church so that it will now forward to me here in Virginia. I would appreciate your using that line as you're doing so will help me prioritize all the calls from members of the Unitarian Church of Edmonton. I thank those of you who are sharing your gifts with us on the chat. And no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, your presence, your participation is a gift to us. It is the most precious gift that you can share with us, for without it, we truly cannot call ourselves a congregation or a community. I invite you to enjoy, to enjoy a peppy little tune that reminds us that we all have gifts to share, along with a montage of pictures prepared by Karen Belita for our enjoyment. They are full 
of the gifts of your presence and participation. The Unitarian Church of Edmonton is a self-governing and self-supporting community. We rely on your donations to support the staff and programs of our church. During this time when we are meeting virtually, there is a number of electronic methods you can use to support our church. First of all, we thank everyone who set up automatic ongoing donations to the church. If you don't use automatic donations, then I encourage you to set them up. Contact me and I will help you get them started. To donate by credit card, you can use the Canada Helps Payment Service. There is a link on the UCE webpage so that you can use this method. It's also possible to send an Interact bank transfer to the church using your online banking. Send your payment to the church office email, which is chadmin at uce.ca. And yes, we can still accept your checks by mail. However you donate, we thank you for your support of our church. Each month, 
UCE identifies a charity with whom we would normally share half of our unidentified contributions if we were passing the plate. But during our virtual gatherings, we don't have unidentified contributions, but we know that these charities still need our funding. The charity for the month of September is Camp Firefly. We encourage you to donate to Camp Firefly directly. You can find a link to their website on the UCE homepage. Today's chalice extinguishing comes from Reverend Brian. This is very well known to all of you, but new to me. The chalice is extinguished, but its light lives on in the minds and hearts and souls of each one of you. So carry that flame with you as you leave this place and share it with those you know, with those you love, and most especially with those you have yet to meet. Our gifts are many. When we bring them and offer them in service of the congregation, they are magnified. And I am so delighted to see so many people participating in the chat. As individuals, we become stronger, wiser, and more compassionate. As a congregation, we become more capable, more effective in serving each other and our greater community. I invite you to take this interim time to take stock of your gifts, to ponder whether you have undiscovered or unexpressed gifts that you would like to share. Take a risk. This is the time to explore, to experiment, to try something a little new. Join a committee, offer a class, support a new cause, engage in social action, and extend yourself in ways that you had not previously done. We need you. We need each other. And the world needs all of us. As we close our sacred time together and move into our week, I share with you an adaptation of Rebecca Ann Parker's words. She says, your gifts, whatever you discover them to be, can be used to bless or curse the world. The mind's power, the strength of the hands, the reaches of the heart, the gift of speaking, listening, imagining, seeing, waiting, any of these can serve to feed the hungry, bind up the wounds, welcome the stranger, praise what is sacred, do the work of justice, or offer love. Or any of these can draw down the prison door, hoard bread, abandon the poor, obscure what is holy, comply with injustice, or withhold love. You must answer this question. What will you do with your gifts. I invite you now to join in singing our closing song, Carry the Flame.
Please join us later for community and conversation. Uh, we're going to play some announcements first and then you can join us for coffee time in the breakout rooms. Um, if you do, would like to stay in the main room uh, when the breakout rooms come up, there'll be a, a, a box that comes up and says uh, accept going to the breakout room or decline. If you decline, you'll stay in the main room with Reverend Leanne. Uh, so I'll play the announcements so you have a few minutes to refresh your coffee and then we'll do the breakout rooms. And while you are doing that, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that um, Audrey's birthday is being celebrated today mm -hmm. and that the event space is not at full capacity. So her family says if you wish to join them between one and five today at Laurier Park Site 5. I hope you all know where that is despite my poor pronunciation. Laurier Park Site Laurier. 5. You're welcome. Laurier Park. Ah, Laurier Park. See, there we go. Thank you. Uh, Laurier Park Site 5 from 1 to 5 p.m. You're welcome. Bring snacks, drink, and a chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 